You are listening to a Geek Fallout production in association with Atomic Geeks Broadcasting Network. You're listening to Techno the Geek Fallout technology news and discussion podcast where we talk about everything from mobile devices and PCs to video games and everything in between. Hello and welcome to Geek Fallout Technobabble, the show about upcoming technologies, their benefits, their, their, um, what was the word I used before? Okay, I'm going to get this right. <laughs> their, okay, the benefits, their, what was it, repercussions or, okay, obviously this is an outtake, so. You could so, just say so, so the, the, the show about technology and video games and everything in between. We, well, we, we all the silliness that ensues or something is what you said last time. Yeah, well, I wanted to say like the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but I wanted to have something a little more. Yeah, the benefits, the uh, what was the word? Hazards. Hazards. Okay, five sec. Okay, three seconds of silence because I'm tired of waiting five seconds to screw up. Hello, welcome to Geek Fallout Technobabble, the show about upcoming technologies and breakthroughs in science. The benefits, the not-so-beneficial, and the silliness in between. With me, as always, is my host, oh, I am your host, Mike King, and with me is Richard Reader. Reader? Reader. How's it going, buddy? (laughs) Oh, well, first introduction... I'll get it right eventually, but not this episode. <laughs> and our guest, Chris, today is Chris Gaeta. Hello, and thanks for having me on again. Uh, you're welcome. And uh, this is my first time, obviously, hosting, as is evidenced by the by the litany of errors present and to follow. But we're going to power through anyway, because i got to start pulling my weight around here. Well, I've got good news for you, Mike. You're already in the top three hosts. Sweet! <laughs> okay. Now now that we've covered the premise of the show in my own sloppy fashion, I think I will open up the floor with a topic that I spent weeks researching, as Rich can attest to, but not on record because he doesn't want to commit perjury. <laughs> I have found something amazing for science and what it can lead to. Now, I don't know if we follow much biology, since I had to inform you all about the sea star wasting disease last episode, but there are other hazards and toxins in the ocean, such as algae blooms. Are either of you familiar with this? Yes. Nope. Now, But I'm intrigued. <laughs> Okay, now the thing is is that basically there's toxic algae blooms, like clouds of algae in the ocean. And what they do is they suck up oxygen in the water, creating like a wake of essentially dead water, so that animals in them, like fish, among other things, suffocate. And basically the red algae blooms are the most prominent that you'll find uh, in uh, biology news and hazards. It's bad news. Basically, like, 
toxic clouds of crap making everything in the ocean die, and the river's running red. It's basically uh, an apocalypse, except it happens a lot. Now, what people are doing, but there's not all is bleak. Now, people are using this algae for a different purpose. And uh, now, scientists at Wayne University in Detroit, Michigan, have harvested these harmful algae blooms, or HABs, not to be confused with the hockey team, and they've heated them up to 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit in argon gas. Now, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. What's that in Celsius, man? I'm not whipping We're out in a... We're Canada here. I'm not okay? whipping... It's... <laughs> I'm not going to whip it's out... It's hot. A... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter what you convert it You're to. You're dead. That's how hot it is. You're dead. My stove doesn't go that high. That's <laughs> yeah. all that matters. Well, if you well, if you wanted to cook algae, you'll have to get a new stove. <laughs> So what they do with this, aside from, I don't know, I guess they were really angry at the algae, but in the midst of this overkill rage, they ended up with something called hard carbon, which can be used as low-cost, high-efficiency electrodes for sodium-ion batteries. In short, they've turned harmful organisms into electrodes for a future generation of high-performance batteries, which will be a likely replacement for the lithium-ion batteries currently used in computers and smartphones. Now, hard carbon has existed before, but it's usually made from petroleum. The Wayne State team found that it can be created from halves without the complex purification process needed for oil-based electrodes. And the best part is, everyone's talking about how petroleum is a non-renewable resource. Well, algae blooms, being algae, can be grown in labs or factories for a renewable supply of material. Now, they're working on improving the efficiency and reliability while looking, while looking to make the approach marketable for a way of harvesting them. Now, I think it would be neat to take something that's they can find ways to scoop this up in the ocean rather than just make more of it to actually take, make less of it be in the ocean, then that would be a great way to save the fish and hopefully make my cell phone last throughout the day. Save the planet while charging your phone. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this, gentlemen? Uh, I'm, I think that that was a very, um, it, it was a slow build, but you totally blew my mind with that one. That's crazy. I didn't, because first of all, obviously that's a, that's a horrible thing. Um, you know, that this, this algae is killing off all of these fish. You know, that's not a good thing. You know, we eat fish, other fish eat fish and, uh, you know, like it's part of the ecosystem. I guess the algae is too, but you know, that's, you don't want to hear about something that's just creating dead water. Right. But at the same time, you know, I care more about my cell phone's battery. You know, first world problems. And knowing that there's a new battery coming out is is quite enticing because really battery um, technology hasn't changed all that much in the past long ass time. You know what I mean? Like yeah, ever since just, the ever since the iPhone came out, when uh, 2010 was it? It was 2008, maybe or something. Yeah, Somewhere around so, there. But so, uh, yeah, like batteries. They, they haven't really changed. You just have to, like, the only way to get a, a longer last out of a battery is to get a bigger battery. You know what I mean? So something, something like this, and the, especially the fact that it's, uh, renewable in the sense that A, they could go out and get it from the oceans or grow it in a lab, which is obviously the route that they would probably go. Um, 
that it's that's actually really amazing. You know what I mean? Hmm. Speaking like following last week's theme with the star wasting disease, I can't wait for the sequel to the David Cronenberg SpongeBob episode where the algae bloom rolls in. Okay. Yeah. Um, moving on. Anyway. Oh, so Chris uh, had no thoughts about the grown oh, no. batteries? Oh, no, I have plenty of thoughts on this. This is actually great. I'm going to be following this for quite a while. Uh, oh, and, and, and especially Rich, seeing the algae bloom. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Rich can read up on the algae bloom and figure out what, figure out why everyone's talking about, oh, the world's going to end. It's all, gar- it's, and we're all doomed. End of days. Like, basically, this algae bloom is a huge deal, so. You know, Rich, that'll be your little homework. I mean, algae al- <laughs> homework has been sort of... Uh, <laughs> somebody's got to do it. And no, obviously, al- Chris and I already did. Exactly. No, algae blooms <laughs> have actually been sort of a pet peeve of mine for quite a while. Um, because it's not just the oceans. A lot of the fresh water is getting them as well. And like a notable spot, say Lake Winnipeg, which is probably... like in, I'm guessing, the top 30 or so lakes in the world, size-wise, is being completely overrun by algae blooms in fresh water. Now, in a spot that really has a limited amount of population, this sort of thing shouldn't be happening, and we should be able to take care of it. And if we can take steps to actually remove this, great. I mean, having it, you know, move towards a battery, which is also a problem as far as landfills and recycling and things like that. If we can remove that aspect as well, all of a sudden, hey, we've got something that impacts the environment in two different ways already. Yeah. That's sure. pretty cool. Even if we don't have, even if it's not any, uh, the battery life doesn't improve at all. Even if it's close to being equal, I'm that's all That's still it. a bonus. Yeah, for sure. Because that's just a way of getting what we already have now at a you know, much greener cost. Exactly. Now, the two things I'm really wondering about, first of all, is there's many different types of algae. I'm wondering if, you know, there's going to be some that are a lot more applicable to this than others, obviously. And the other big one is if it's heated up that high with argon gas, I don't know that much about argon, is there an environmental cost or a dwindling supply issue of that? Hmm. Or how? Or if you're heating it up and cooking it, are there any um, gases or anything going into uh, the atmosphere that's bad? Because if they're putting pollutants in the water, maybe when you burn them, they put it in the air instead. <laughs> it's all about displacing it. Instead of sweeping it under the rug, it's sweeping it over the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think the repercussions would be that bad. I got the article from the Good News Network, which I've been taking to a lot of reading because it takes, like, horrible things. And, no, it's not so bad. Things are kind of taking an upturn. The Good News Network. It's, oh, you should read this. It's a fan. Hello, and welcome to Tonight with GNN. <laughs> it really is worth reading because, like, it talks about, like, how, uh, like, people will be cleaning up that garbage continent. Yeah, there's this guy working on a something Africa. called no, <laughs> no, the floating garbage island. It's a uh, he's working on an array that uh, will take like pollutants in water and uh, remove them from 
the water, and he plans to take on the garbage continent, I believe it was next year. Now, this thing won't, you know, get rid of it, but it will take out a sizable chunk. Are you and, talking about that, uh, that barge that was trying to find a, uh, a dump to go in, and it was this huge controversy back, and it tried to, like, land in, like, New York and New Jersey and all this? The, no, the floating garbage, no, the floating garbage continent. I think Chris knows what it is. Well, yes, obviously. Well, of course, of course Chris knows. Apparently Chris knows everything and Chris can get anything within <laughs> two blocks of his house. So It's the, it's the giant plastic island out in the middle of the Pacific. Yeah. Actually, a lot of people get upset with the term with uh, island because it's not solid enough. Basically, it's a continent-sized giant thing of sludge which has all the leftover plastics that wash up together in sort of a pool and the water becomes thicker and actually hard to move through why wouldn't they just drag that to the shore and clean it up mostly it's too big and what do you do with it once you get there the same Um, thing you would do with it if it was human like if it was on the side of the street cart it away and throw it underneath the earth I and think everyone, turn the gases into methane, which be, power things. I think being in the ocean, everyone's shifting the blame of, this is going to be really expensive, you do it. No, you do it. Well, it's closer to your country, yeah, but most of the garbage is from Somalia. And then Somalia is like, what the hell do you mean? We barely produce anything. And then, so, yeah. I think well, everyone's shifting the blame. But uh, you should really check out the Good News Network, because it's not just upcoming technologies. It's also uh, projects of, uh, like, uh, see, like, you see on the news... Like political stuff about like oh like Muslims Christians taking out each other on this network you see cases of them working with each other or like helping each other against protesters so just for you know if you just think oh the world is an awful place you just look at these cases and it's every day it's people just making the world less shitty than when they found it and it's really uplifting. Well, so it's really I, kind of a good news network. Yeah, well exactly. I wholeheartedly endorse it. I mean, I've never heard of it before tonight, but already, just knowing that this thing exists, I've already got this uh, big grin on my face. Yeah. So, the Good News Network has already worked on me. Uh, yeah, that's so, kind of cool. If you watch this, like, there will be things that you will definitely cry, but with joy and hope that the world is okay. So, that's goodnewsnetwork.org. I tried going to .com tonight to find it and found out that domain apparently hasn't been taken. Don't know why. So, for you and our listeners, goodnewsnetwork.org. If you think the world's a shitty place, check it out. It's not so bad. Nice. Sounds good. Alright, who's up next? Okay. To put things in a more negative light... (laughs) <laughs> you got the bad news network. Well, it's actually it, can, it has a uh, positive. You Fox? <laughs> Pretty close. I'm going to go to one of the largest retailers in the world, Amazon. Ooh. Amazon came out today, and they've announced that they're going to be suing more than a thousand people. What? What? What's going on is people have been writing fake product reviews for money. They're going out to uh, people selling products, and they're offering for $5 or more, depending on you know the cachet of the person writing the review. They're charging money, and they'll give a five-star review to a product. Ooh. Now, this has been an ongoing problem for anything that uh, basically relies on product reviews, like Travelocity or Yelp. 
and Amazon is tired of it, and they want to actually keep some of their integrity. Like so it. instead of going after the uh, little clusters of people that to get together and organize this, like I think there's an app called Fiverr that will actually set some things up for you that way. They're Fiverr? actually Fiverr's the, great. I love Fiverr. They're actually going out and going directly at the people guilty of writing the reviews, and they're suing them. My doctor says I need more fiber in my diet. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was just lying in for it. I just had to go for it. I'm weak. I don't I'm know just... how to digest that. Oh. <laughs> well, there's some supplements you can get on Amazon. I heard great reviews about them. <laughs> I, I, th- I actually think that uh, things like that's pretty interesting. I know actually uh, Bell just got caught. Uh, I don't know whether it was the... Oh, I don't think it was the CRTC, obviously, but it was some sort of Canadian organization that watches stuff like that. And Bell actually got sued for like, or fined, sorry, for, um, I think it was like one and a half million dollars, uh, last year because, uh, Bell had been paying its employee, or sorry, encouraging its employees to go on to Google Play and iTunes and give, uh, four and five star reviews for the my bell app or you know my verizon app or my my telus or whatever company you have um the app that you have that shows you how much time and how much data and whatever and download apps from them um they were giving five star reviews for that too and they they got caught doing that and they got in a lot of trouble obviously a million and a half dollars worth of trouble well, that's, um, that's the biggest detractor know. for their product when they have to pay people to go no no, no it's not so bad it's good yeah, well, and apparently when when this happened with the Bell app, it actually went from a average 4.6. This is on the Google Play uh, store. Uh, average rating of 4.6 to 3.2, I believe it was. Automat- as soon as Google rev- uh, took away all the uh, all the Bell employees' reviews, it dropped, you know, 1.5 or 1.3 or whatever it was. Right. Well, I fully so. endorse the Amazon anti-corruption, anti-bullshit. I mean, taking legal action against these assholes for lying is number one in my books. But is it taking it, is it, is it suing the individual people or is it suing the companies that are hiring these people? Because sue them all and let God sort them out. It's suing the individual people. But like, what if they just need money? Like, and some companies like, hey, write a review and, and we'll pay you money. Like, that's not their fault if they're being paid to do something. From Why the you of it, the most of it's very blatant abuses as well. It's people that have done it multiple times, and it's people that are receiving fully written reviews and just posting it under their own name. I think from the sounds of it, I mean, I obviously don't know the technicalities of it, but I'm going to assume that Amazon might have a hard time going against the actual companies. They might be able to... Companies have lawyers. Yeah, they might be able to uh, suspend their products from being sold or something like that. But against the individuals, anybody that has an Amazon profile, they can affect that person's profile. And it's probably working against something in their uh, terms of use that they've already agreed to, which makes them... You're making an example out of them. Exactly. Yeah. Because everything's tied to their profile now. They've got an individual username. They've already signed off on, you know, proper use. So now you've got legal precedent to actually go after somebody. Where's Evan when we need him? Where, where's the geek fallout lawyer when we need him? 
Uh, Bieber has a new album coming out. Plus, he had those new picks, so he's probably re- you know, <laughs> helping to defend him. Again. That's true. Uh, I I like this. It's that that should be on the Good News Network. <laughs> like Amazon taking bullshitters to task. Well, that's the thing. I don't. I ah, I can't speak. Normally, I would not uh, defend Amazon. I mean, it is the largest online retailer in the world, and they get into a lot of business practices that I don't care for. But in this case, I mean, them just going out to protect their own self-interest, I think, benefits everybody. I mean, if it makes everything a little bit more fair and a little bit more accurate, uh, we all kind of win if we're looking at reviews. Cause I don't want false reviews. I want to know the actual info. Uh, my pet peeve yeah. when I was buying something on Amazon just today was seeing reviews from people who clearly don't know how to give a review. Like, they'll just say, it's an interesting product. And I'm like, okay. Fast shipping, okay, A1. Okay, okay, okay you, 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 you dumb asshole, listen. A review is when you actually describe something in approximate detail and, like, whether it delivers on the promises it makes. Not just saying, it looks interesting, or, hey, it arrived today, gonna try it. That's not a review. Yeah. That's barely, that, that, that barely, that doesn't even qualify as a Twitter update. Come on. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a pet peeve for me too, because I actually used to write reviews on our, uh, on our blog when I had more time than I do now, unfortunately. How much did you get paid for that? Not a dime. Damn it. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Well, you gotta put your face out there on YouTube these days to get anything, right? Nobody wants to see my ugly mug. <laughs> and with this podcast, they don't have to. Exactly. All right, well, um, I actually have another uh, big company uh, news article here that I found. Um, this actually just ended uh, tonight, October 20th, the the day that we are recording this podcast. Um, so you will be hearing, by the time you hear this, this will be well over, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately. But uh, I, I figured this is just something we could talk about as a, as just as an interesting thing that this company is trying. So basically Microsoft um, has announced their easy trade-up program for Windows 10. And if you buy a um, acceptable laptop from the Microsoft store, which is basically $600 and up a new Windows 10 laptop from the lap, uh, from the Microsoft store um, up until October 20th, they will give you $200 for your current laptop or 300 if it's a Mac. Uh, they do have a couple of minimum requirements. <laughs> Even it they accept be... that Apple has higher prices. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and is worth more. Yeah, that's like... <laughs> like, okay, you give well... them one-year-old, one-year-old PC, but a five-year-old Mac, you still get more for the Mac. It's <laughs> like, so we're not saying that they're better products, we're just saying that we'll pay more for them. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, so there are a couple of, uh, caveats here. Um, the screen has to be bigger than 11.6 inches. It has to be less than six years old and it has to work. Um, this was, uh, given out as a credit. So basically you buy the laptop from the Microsoft store, either in person or on their website. Uh, and then they would give you a $200 credit back, um, 
once you send in your laptop, which they didn't mention in the article that I read if they send you a box or a shipping label at least or something. I'm assuming you would probably get a shipping label um, that you can print out or something, and then you just get your own box or whatever, and, and you ship it to them, and then you get the credit. Um, but the thing that worries me, like, it's a very interesting idea of, you know, yes, you want people to get into the new operating system. You want people to be in the new ecosystem so that they can start purchasing apps and, and using your new, you know, Microsoft Office 365 or whatever, like all these new apps and products and, and uh, productivity tools that Microsoft is offering. Um, but a $200 credit, not necessarily a check or cash or a refund. It's a credit. So if that's actually just a credit in their Microsoft store, whether that be their app store or their online store where you can purchase hardware or whatever, I think that that's a, a negative detractor from this possibly great idea. What do you guys think? I am super cheap. I don't plan on buying any more devices, so this won't be affecting me. I got the Windows Unless 10. Unless it's a laser razor. Yeah, I got, well, yeah, because that's going to change the world, if it's not a scam. And uh, I like my Windows 10. Got my iPad, got my, uh, I got my Samsung phone. I got my, got dipping a toe in all the waters, and, you know, not really complaining yet, so. Whoa, you actually went to Windows 10? Well, they offered it. I have, I, I bought have Windows 7, and uh, they just said, hey, you want Windows 10 for free? And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Yep, I, and I, I love upgraded. It. I love it. It's easy, it's easy to use, hasn't caused me any problems, hasn't crashed. It's a, yeah. it's a pretty good system. Well, ironically, I'm, I haven't moved up my uh, Windows yet. However, you're my mo- laptop. You're running Millennium Edition, aren't you? Uh, Windows 7. <laughs> However, my laptop itself falls perfectly into this age range where it would still qualify for the $200 discount if I traded it in. So I might have to consider it because I really wasn't looking at getting a new laptop at all. However, if I upgrade to Windows 10 and I decide I don't like it, then I can just send in this screwed up laptop and get myself something new. Hmm. Oh, I see Exit what you're saying. Strategy. Except for the fact that, uh, you know, you've got like an hour and a half to buy a new laptop from them. <laughs> but, you know, other than that, yeah, I guess go for it. Buy yeah. a new computer. Rich is, Rich is starting his own website, the Too Late News Network. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have time. I have time. <laughs> I know. I just think that that's a, a really interesting idea, though. Like the the buyback thing, um, I, th- I think that's a great idea, and I think more companies should do that. You know, like want a new Samsung cell phone? Give us your old one. We'll give you a two hundred dollar credit. You know, want the new Apple iPhone? Give us the give us the old one. We'll give you a two dollar credit. You know, because that's what it's worth every time they come out with a new one. So, <sighs> yeah, it seems a little cheap on the credit, but <laughs> it is but- Apple. The number Expensive of cell phones kicking cheap. around this place? Oh, geez. Even if you gave me a dollar for the old ones, at least I'd be getting something back for them. Yeah, I've traded my old uh, iPad for the iPad Air 2, Ooh. and uh, they gave me like $130 for the old iPad. And I'm like, pretty sure this is only like one-fourth of what I paid for it, but... Uh, how, long, how, how old was it? It was an iPad 3. 
iPad three, and they're what on iPad four now. So uh, iPad six. three came out. No, yeah, they're on the sixth. So well, the three uh, came out. The iPad Air three? two, I be- yeah, there, no, there was four iPads, and then the iPad Air is the uh, new replacement. So I guess the iPad Air was five. iPad Air two was six. So yeah, it was no, three but generations. I mean the actual together. name of them because the iPad three would have been what two years ago. Well, they never actually called it iPad three. It was just called the new iPad. And then, like, iPad 4, which I guess was, like, the other new iPad, and then iPad Air, which was the unofficial 5. Oh, yeah, okay, because they just switched everything. So, But yeah. but what I'm saying is, how old was it at the time? When uh, you, like, how long between when you purchased it and got that $130 for it? I think about two years. Or well, that's, maybe, that's not so maybe bad. A year, you pro- maybe a year and a half, given how long it... Uh, oh, okay. Like, given how long, how quickly Apple releases new products. Once a year. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's so three going generations, rate for, for three everybody. Ge- three generations behind, but I, oh yeah, yeah, I think they introduced two iPads in like one year, so yeah, it was about a year and a half, I think. Hmm. I guess that's not too, too much less. Maybe, maybe, maybe like, 60% less than you would have gotten it if you sold it yourself. It's not that bad. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, if you're done with your article, we can cycle back to me for one more one more piece of hope from the Good News Network. Yeah. It combines my love of the Good News Network and last week's episode, Love of Kickstarter. It's a new device that aims to stop night terrors. Do any of you suffer from or enjoy this ailment? No and no. (laughs) No Uh, and weird. (laughs) I enjoy waking up screaming in a sweat. I'm pretty sure I'm burning off calories. There's a bright side to everything. That's true, especially on the Good News Network. (laughs) Okay, now this boy named Tyler Skolzazek I'm pretty good with foreign names, so I'm pretty confident. I'm not going to correct myself on that. I'm going to going to stick with that. His father returned from a year's service in Iraq suffering PTSD, and the veteran would wake up from deep sleep with night terrors or panic attacks. Now an app to track heart rate movement, heart rate and movement has been created by Tyler and his friends to gauge what the onset of an attack looks like in terms of physical benchmarks. Now, when the symptoms occur, the app could nudge the wearer out of deep sleep, away from a night terror, but without fully breaking REM, rapid eye movement, sleep. So, this Android app, this Android phone app can connect to a Bluetooth watch, costing as little as $30, which could be worn at night. Now, essentially, the system would detect the onset of night terrors and prevent them from happening. The team calls themselves The Cure, not to be confused with the goth band, Although that's the cure for my terrors. I just like think, I just start, uh, uh, for, what was that song they did, uh, close to you? What was that song they did where they're playing in the, in the closet as it's filling up with water? Not No, there was a video from, I think it was the cure from the uh, 80s. They were uh, doing a music video. And, they were closeted? Uh, no, they were yeah, they were playing in this closet and like a they were in wardrobe. the closet. No, they're playing in a wardrobe and it gets knocked into the water and it's filling up with water and they're all playing instruments all crammed together. I think it's the cure. Uh, 
The Witch, The Lion, and The Cure? <laughs> no, they were the no, ones... The, this wardrobe did not go to Narnia. <laughs> yeah, they were the ones, I believe, that did that song, like, Show me how you do that trick, the one that makes me laugh, she said. Not like a happy little love song. Isn't that the, the song from the Big Red commercial? <laughs> <laughs> there was a Big Red still around? I haven't seen a commercial for them in years. Well, that's what I'm saying. Years ago, it just, the way you sang it, I was just like, it, "Big red gum" just instantly popped into my head. I was yeah, like, and "Actually, yes, it is red. still around." I think the Cure song was called like "Closer, Closer," but it wasn't the, uh, it wasn't the one like uh, "Show Me How You Do That Trick." Anyway, like some some rock fan from the uh, '80s is just like listening to a screaming right now like it's that song you assholes anyway i'm getting why did i have to distract myself anyway they created this app in 36 hours during hack dc which is a coding contest that had a theme of hacking post-traumatic stress disorder. And the team, the Cure team, took first place for their MyBivy app, short for Bivouac, a place where soldiers sleep in the field. Now, the Kickstarter I mentioned, Tyler has set up a Kickstarter page to further develop the app for Android, iOS, and Pebble devices. Have any of you heard of the Pebble or uh, given any consideration to that as a device before we continue on about this article? Uh, yes, I have heard of a Pebble. If you're talking about the Pebble smartwatch, I'm assuming. Yes? Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm oh, not yeah, talking yeah. about Fred Flintstone's daughter. Just making sure, you know. Um, cause I don't know if you saw when she grew up, but I'd be interested oh, in that too. Oh, damn. I'd bam, bam that. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> um yes i would definitely um consider a pebble i mean i actually almost bought a pebble when i bought my first smartwatch so um it got beat out by the samsung but uh for um, the I'm for the leaning un- toward them again okay for the uninformed viewers what is briefly the pebble uh, oh okay. you're actually I th- okay, okay yeah it's okay i screwed up for the uninformed listeners we're not a video podcast <laughs> <laughs> um basically it's just a um i guess at this point it's actually a pretty dumb smartwatch but uh it's uh it's a pretty basic smartwatch that uses uh, mostly e-ink displays or e-ink uh, color displays um to convey to you different uh information from your phone whether that be um you know a new notification from facebook or an email or whatever, uh, as well as, um, different apps, uh, you can control your music from it. Uh, there's all sorts of, uh, little things you can do. Actually, I believe you can actually hook it up with, um, uh, ift as well. Uh, if this, if this, then that, um, which is actually a pretty cool, um, software tool. Not uh, to be confused, use. not to be confused with the awesome song by bread. No, nope. really? Am I the only one that knows old music? What the yep. hell? I'm not a music nerd. If, I, get, I guess we know what the next podcast on the network's going to be. <laughs> you talking about music nobody else has ever heard of. Fred, if a picture paints a thousand words. Come on, you haven't heard this song? 
It's a lovely little ditty. No, but I'm in thir- I'm thoroughly enjoying our. I, I have, and I know exactly night. what he's talking about. Finally, I don't want my savior. I didn't want to comment because I was just enjoying the monologue. Yeah, it's uh, this is the first ever geek Fallout karaoke. <laughs> Sadly, it's not. Okay, well, geek Fallout techno babble karaoke. It, it's my singing debut. Technoki. Uh, yeah, Rich. When you fix this up later, you can like add applause or a little string quartet behind me. Uh, or 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 booze. Or or crickets. Whatever. Yep, crickets, booze. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, pebbles are great though. What's the difference? Is there any functional difference between that and the Apple Watch? Yeah. Yeah, a lot. The Pebble is is the most basic smartwatch, or one of the most basic smartwatches you can get, basically, because of the fact that it doesn't have a touchscreen, at least not on the regular versions. I believe they have one coming out now or soon with a touchscreen, but uh, their basic versions don't have a touchscreen. So uh, they you, run very basic apps. Whereas how do you things interact like the with app, them? Uh, they have three buttons. But things like the Samsung, um, like all the different Android Wear by Samsung, Motorola, uh, HTC, Huawei, and others, LG, um, and the Apple smartwatch, uh, basically, they all have many different sensors in them. They have accelerometers. They have, you know, some of them have, uh, uh, what's that, uh, heart rate monitors and uh, all sorts of different things as well as the added bonus of some of them even have cameras or built-in speaker phones. I know the uh, the Samsung watch I had both had a, a camera that could take pictures and videos, as well as the fact that uh, it had a speaker phone on it. So my advantage is at the time uh, I was driving a lot for my job. So I would get a phone call in the car and all I would have to do is let, you know, quickly glance down at my wrist, which is on the steering wheel, see who, see a picture of who it is, swipe answer, and I could talk to them right from my wrist because it had a speakerphone right on it. Um, so there are definitely a lot of differences there. Okay. And, uh, well, just to finish up my article, the, uh, yeah, the Kickstarter page has been developing for Android, iOS, Pebble devices, and it has raised nearly $14,000. That's 10 times its original goal in just nine days. They plan on doing tests in January and make the app available sometime before the summer of 2016. If successful, this innovation could mean a good night's sleep for many of the more than 3.5 million veterans in the United States who suffer post-traumatic stress disorder. We don't know what the Canadian numbers are, but we are definitely sure that they are up there. And uh, they have a, a saying, we won't sleep until the veterans can. And I think that is pretty frigging awesome. What are your thoughts on this? Like a device that wakes you up, but only partially. I I don't know. I, I remember having my alarm on my smartwatch, and that thing couldn't wake me up worth a shit. So I don't know if, uh, unless it's giving me some sort of electroshock, I don't, I don't <laughs> think uh, this thing is going to wake me up. I, I barely, like, my wife can come down in the middle of the night and kick me, and I still won't wake up, so this watch is not going to do anything for me. <laughs> I sleep through an earthquake. Rich, where'd you get those bruises? I have no friggin' idea. <laughs> I fell. I have mixed feelings on it. I mean, yes, I think it's important, and it might work, but it also feels like a very temporary measure. Because a lot of research is being done to help actually eliminate the sort of problem anyway. 
So any extensive investment into it, um, even though it might actually work, just feels like it might actually be a, the funding might actually be a little bit misplaced. It is a band aid solution. You're treating the symptom, not you're yeah, you're treating the symptom, exactly. not the cause. But until it's you know, considering he's just a kid who's good with computers and he's not a psychologist or a drug chemist, he can't really treat those causes. So for him doing his own part in his own way, I think is you know pretty awesome. I think well, it's actually pretty cool too because. Um... Because Chris is going to talk because I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I know, well, kind of spaced out, too. If, if they can manage to come out with a product at a low enough price point or whatever that uh, makes sense, you know, Band-Aid solutions are great. However, if it's uh, going to be something that, you know, that would take a significant investment, then I'm not sure it would necessarily be worthwhile. There might be better solutions out there or better ways to handle it. However, if this is something that uh, they can come up with and cheaply, like, why not? I can think of, you know, I'm sort of a veteran myself, and I've worked alongside many, many veterans in the past, and I do know quite a few people that have had similar issues. And I could see how it would come in handy for some of them, and even even if it didn't work that well, to be honest, just to have that uh, extra lover, uh, excuse me, that extra level of comfort. <laughs> Everybody needs an extra lover. <laughs> that, that too. I'm just, that extra I'm just level waiting of for comfort. The, I'm just waiting for this back. podcast to pay off. You've been waiting get, for a long time. <laughs> a very long get, time. Getting those dividends. Yeah, But anyway, having that sort of... Uh, Comfort knowing that there's something there that could help them out, just even if it had a slight placebo effect. Yeah, I was about, I was thinking that. And I, I was thinking this is, I actually got it back. Thank you. It was the band aid thing that got me there. Um, basically, I think that even if this doesn't work, like it, 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 so it's a band aid effect. So what? If it helps them get a little bit of extra sleep, that's great. But you know what? Maybe they need that little bit of extra sleep to feel a little bit better so that they can talk to their psychiatrist or or do the things that they need to do to get the actual problem solved and not just the symptom of the problem. You know, like if they're not getting any sleep, then that's going to cause them problems in their daily life, which then in turn might hinder them from be from being able to deal with the real problem instead of the symptom. So the solution overall could be putting a Band-Aid over it so that the dirt isn't getting in so that it can heal faster. Is that a good analogy? <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I, I fell asleep, so I'm just going to agree. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, speaking of Kickstarter, before I hand it off to you guys, I just wanted to do an update on the uh, last episode. We talked about the amazing Scarp Razor, all the amazing things it can do and how great it was, and was is the operative word because it got booted off Kickstarter for producing a less-than-stellar video about the uh, item in operate in operation like it was just like a poorly lit video of this thing like basically tugging at hairs to break them apart and uh they got booted for having a uh for not having a viable prototype from kickstarter who like amazon is trying to be was very stringent about who they 
allow who they allow to operate. But the uh, they went ahead and started an Indiegogo campaign, which has five days left, and it has raised three hundred and sixty three thousand dollars. So that's two hundred and twenty seven percent of their funding. So <laughs> if they got it done there, hopefully Indiegogo is not as selective. Five days left, so another another news topic from the Too Late News Network. <laughs> By the time this comes out. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully that it won't be booted off that. Um, yep, so they made their funding on Indiegogo. And I backed it up there because even if it turns out to be a dud or a scam, I just, you know, the humanitarian in me just thought, if we can bring a future, a brighter future to shaving, then it, it's worth it's worth the risk. Did you... Uh, did you... Were you able to get a better deal? Yeah, I because you because now you, you you knew you were able to get in a little quicker on this one. I'm assuming. So were you able to get a better deal than you got last time? Because last time, to me, when I was looking at some of the deals, it seemed to me like you got in a little late and kind of got screwed. Yeah, I had to get the three hundred dollar bid for two razors, and this time I bid. I by the time I found out, it was still a little late, so I got the one eighty nine. For the uh, for the two, no one eighty nine for one. Oh, this means you're not lending me one. Yes, oh. but now on the back of the package, his name will be listed as a donor. Oh, that's that's gonna, on the that's, back of everybody. That's going to be a lot of packaging. It's it's backed by two thousand people. It'll be a really small font. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty interesting, actually. Though um, that. Uh, you were able to get in at a, at a lower price, but, uh, so that, that means that you're now, like, you, obviously you got the money back from Kickstarter? Yeah, well, they didn't take it. Because Kickstarter doesn't take your money until the goal is met and the campaign is closed. Oh, that's with, really it, stupid. With Indiegogo, well, I like it because, like, if it turns out, like, they What get- if you spend that money? <laughs> then you've backed them into a corner and not given them the well, they don't. They don't collect the money. From, they don't collect the money from you until the campaign is over, and then they're like bound to spend it and deliver on the things they promise. Indiegogo, on the other hand, they took the money right away. Like it's gone from my account. So it's just I'm basically trusting them not to have one day left and go like later, bitches. <laughs> Take off to the Cayman Islands. Yeah, it's it's a gamble for the future. It may be too good to be true, but if it is, it's like it's only two hundred dollars that I lost. But like the benefits to the humanity of getting a, a better shave by making grooming more affordable, especially in places with droughts. Again, like shaving without water. Or the, without the risk of cuts, burns, that people can share this thing because it doesn't cut the skin, the hygienic benefits. It's, it's a, it's a gamble, but I think it was one we're taking. Hopefully, in future episodes, we'll find out if I'm vindicated or if I'm gonna make like the hall, the wall of shame. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, speaking of, uh, cuts, um, cuts, burns, and hygiene, I have another Kickstarter project that involves, uh, Cuts, burns, and bad hygiene, and that's Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> uh-huh. 
So basically, all those twenty-sided dice now razor sharp. What the hell? <laughs> I just, I meant the reference to the actual characters getting cut and burnt. Come on, man, Jesus! <laughs> it's just like it's high stakes Dungeons and Dragons. Hey, I'm rusty. That was okay, a cut in itself. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this uh, this company um, or this Kickstarter project called Dragonlock, which was created by Fat Dragon Games. Uh, is basically a printable 3D Dungeons and Dragons dungeon for your next D and D party. Um, basically, what you do is you give them. Uh, they've got two packages that uh, I saw in the article. I actually didn't have time to uh, go and check out the page. I literally just saw this about five minutes before we started the show. But um, it said uh, ten dollars gets you ten different models. Uh, $60 gets you the King Pack, which has uh, a lot of different other pieces to it, uh, including barrels, traps, uh, arches, poison mushrooms, and more. And basically what this is, is it's a 3D printable um, blueprint that you're getting. You're getting blueprints, you're getting uh, PDF files and SLT files, um, and basically they fit together like a puzzle. So you could, you know build, uh, I guess you get, say you get uh, a uh, probably two inch by two inch piece of a hallway. Now you could print that out 10 times and make a giant hallway and then you get maybe uh, a T-junction in with those 10 different models. And then on top of that, you get an L an L junction or an L piece. And then you get a, a, a singular room and, and a door. And, and you can fit this together. You piece it together like a puzzle into whatever way you want is the way that I kind of got it from the video. So I think that's actually pretty cool. Now, I've uh, unfortunately never played Dungeons & Dragons. Um I was uh, actually going to try and go down to Toronto back when we actually started this uh, podcast. I was going to try and have a Dungeons and Dragons game with uh, good old Jeff Brown, um, but uh, our timing never uh, never ended up working out. I wasn't able to get the time off to be able to take a weekend and and go and play one of his famous two day long uh, Dungeons and Dragons games. But um, I thoroughly enjoy the idea of Dungeons and Dragons, and I know that it's. Uh, you know, quite the geeky thing and very fun. And I think 3D printers are amazing. So I, I thought that this was a pretty cool uh, Kickstarter project. What do you guys think? I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I would definitely like to. That this, uh, I, I just have to spring for a 3D printer. And well, <laughs> that's my biggest question about this entire project. Uh, I mean, a 3D printer you can get for about $1,000, or I know in our case, the library actually has them for the Ottawa Library. Wow, a reason to go to the library. Wow. However, That's, what you're I kidding, don't... really? Yep. And what do you do? Do, do you, uh, okay, wait, that... first of all, listeners, I don't know if you know this, um, this is, this is the official Ottawa episode. Because all three uh, of us are actually from Ottawa. All three of us are actually living in the same city, which I think may be a first for the uh, Atomic Geeks Geek Fallout Productions podcasting network. So we I think could, that's pretty cool. We could meet each other, but we haven't and probably never will. Hopefully not. Uh, the big question for me is I haven't looked into it for a long time, and I don't know what the costs are for the actual materials. So, yeah, it'd be great if you can print out, uh, two, say, a 2-inch two by 2-inch cube and 
place them all together, but how much is each cube going to be as far as actual materials? It's great to have um, paying for the plans because from what I can tell as far as 3D printing goes, that's your actual biggest obstacle is getting workable, you know, plans that will work and you'll come out with something resembling something. Um, but, you know, if it's going to be $10 a square for your cost, this could be in a very, very expensive model by the time you're done. I just don't know what the material costs are like on this. Can you, is it only one material that you could put in the printer or can you replace it with other types of material so you can get different consistency items? Sorry, what? I was just asking about like 3D printers in general. Like, is it only like one type of plastic that works with them or can you put like different types of? I don't even know. I had assumed it was pretty much only one unless you had like a specialized machine. Yeah, I, I don't really know much about the actual uh, process of 3D printing. I try not to look at it too much because I'm way too jealous of everybody that Tell has one. I'll, we I'll have replicators. Have, I will have an answer for you on this by the next time I'm on because I do have a friend that uh, is a proper engineer and has his own 3D printer and has been playing way, um, playing with making his own little models and things like that on his own. Great, I'll dig in ask- deeper and... Uh, Find some actual good. You can results. educate. You can educate us so that we can actually, you know, be a tech podcast who under who actually knows something about technology. We could have a field reporter. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's good to know that you know people can that that shut-ins can print something in their basement that isn't guns or rail guns. So you know, you bring him on, and we'll have a uh, we'll have a he can teach us all about three D printing. <laughs> Bring us, bring them on for a segment. Yeah, the, the <laughs> yeah the the myths, the uh, the truths, the possibilities, the impossibilities. For sure. Yeah, like how it. much? How much he's willing to sell a very little uh, used three D printer for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey guys, if we all pool it up, we could split it. Every second day, it'll go to one of the other people. Yeah. We could totally pool this together, guys. Come on. <laughs> yep, and then we can figure out. Now I want it on Sundays and Friday nights. I want I want to put like icing in it and make a cupcake with it. They have those. I talked about that actually on a Geek Fallout episode. They actually have food 3D food printers now. All right. How long before we can look at one and just say T. Oh, great. Re- Hot. Replicator. Yes, exactly. So, pretty sure I some Keurig that. machines will already do that, but I don't know for sure. That's, that is a good possibility. Chris, do, they, do you have anything else for us? I've got one. I, this is not from the Good News Network, but it really should be. I might have to uh, submit this story to them. Um, coming out of a Swiss university, uh, the Federal Institute of Technology in Zurich, they've invented something called the Scalvo. I'm not sure exactly how it's pronounced, but it is a... Uh, hybrid wheelchair and Sedgway. So, it's a wheelchair based on a gyro system, and it balances on the two wheels. And oh, Segway. Oh, Segway, Sedgway. I can't oh, pronounce okay. anything. Yeah, sorry. No, I just <laughs> I, 
I was like, what? It took me a second there. Are you mispronouncing it, or is this like there is? No, I'm sure it's me. Anyway, this wheelchair goes up to 10 kilometers per hour, but this is boring old technology. The really neat thing is, based on its design and only having the two wheels, they've actually got extra sort of storage space. So underneath it, they've got a track. And this track is able to unfold, and it's able to climb stairs. It, it When it, they come up to a staircase, it can uh, basically unfold from underneath the wheelchair, place itself on an angle, and then based on the gyro, it keeps the user completely upright and straight as it goes up and down staircases. It's got the nice wow. rubberized track. I guess it's a mid-grade rubber, almost like a car tire quality, where it's you know hard enough to the touch where it's going to uh, give some traction, but still malleable enough where it's not going to damage any of the staircases or anything. Now, right now, it's still only a prototype model, and, but it looks like this might actually go into production at some point. Now, they have had wheelchairs in the past, that have been able to go upstairs, but they've all been basically ignored and pulled out of production because they were just too expensive for normal people to use. But if this is going to happen, this could actually be a usable replacement for all of the person's wheelchairs. It's not really used for one thing. This could be all-in-one solution, so... People will spend money for that if you can do everything with it. That sounds great. That is really cool. How how far does the battery let you go, though? Because I assume, like, if you're going up some stairs, that's going to take twice as much battery as uh, just rolling down the street, right? Because the gyro's got to work harder. The motors have to work harder to lift up the extra weight up instead of just forward. And repeating you know the same I mean? action several times, like yeah. up, forward, up, forward, up, forward. Yeah, so I assume, you know, like if, if they're, you know, like, oh, crap, the elevator's broken and I live on the 12th floor, are you going to be able to make it up to the 12th floor? I you don't know. I mean? know. I'm not sure. Uh, it doesn't give a range. How does it go downstairs? Uh, same way. <laughs> you fall. <laughs> it, it, it employs an age-old technique called gravity. <laughs> no, because the track itself is on an angle, but because you're balan- the user is balanced above it with the gyro keeping the person upright, the wheelchair automatically adjusts to keep you on the proper angle. I was just figuring, like, if it can reach up to grab the stair and pull you on, that's one thing, but, you know, it would have to reach down to, like, make sure you don't tip over when you're going down the stairs. Yeah, I, now, I, there's- I think going down would be much scarier than going up. That's much different. It's a different operation. Yeah. Well, the weird thing is there's actually a video of it operating on YouTube. And the only thing that I found a little bit strange is the person going up the stairs is actually doing it backwards. Hmm. However, it seems to work really well. And one of the other weird things that just at the end of the video that I picked up on that I thought was kind of neat is this person went up to a rooftop and in order to see over the side wall of something, he was actually able to employ the track below him and raise the wheelchair up, and it also acted almost like a booster seat and gave him an extra foot and a half or so of extra height 
raising him up probably a little bit taller than most people's standing height. So he must be this tall to ride the roller coaster. Well, I'm thinking. Give me a know, second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about that, now? All right. It sounds like something that's you know pretty meaningless, but at first. But when you think that if this becomes somebody's primary mode of uh, mobility, you know what? That's very handy. Yeah, Especially if they're able to modify their houses. And hey. If you can wheel up and all of a sudden grab things yourself from higher cupboards or something. Yeah, that's actually really amazing. It sounds, you know, very simple, but... And if assholes are too cheap to spring for a ramp, now you can make do. Exactly. You know what I think they need to do with this technology, though, that would be even more important? This this would take this technology to the absolute limit and change the world as we know it. No, they need to take this technology... And put it in my Roomba. <laughs> so that so, it can go upstairs and clean upstairs too, the that, little that, that, that it can just elevate itself to clean shelves and cabinet and uh, little dressers. Exactly. So I literally don't have to do anything. More importantly, can I trade my shares of the 3D printer for a couple days a week for shares in the Roomba? <laughs> yeah. So you have the <laughs> printer for one day and trade one day of the printer for one day with the Roomba. Well, we'll just go and get it from Factory Direct, and we'll be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> no. So the thing goes, did it show the video of it going downstairs, or does it just, like, say, you know, trust us, it will eventually go downstairs? Um, no, it says it does both. I, from what I can tell in the video, it only shows going up. Yeah, that's... However, it... Just press ba- rewind. <laughs> <laughs> well, based that's... on the... That's what I said. It's a different action, so I'd like to see, like... Actually, no, not really. When you see the layout and design from the side, it looks like it would operate basically the exact same way without any real flaw. So a person... So the disabled people can go downstairs? Yes, definitely. Can, can they do it alone or in pairs? Pardon me? <laughs> can they do it alone or in pairs? Uh, I... I don't know. I'm not sure if there's a weight limit. I think this is the one time Rich is getting the reference and you don't. No, I'm not. It's just hilarious because... <laughs> really? What goes downstairs, a loner in pairs, makes a slinky D sound. A spring, a spring, a wonderful thing. Everyone, Everyone knows it's slinky. slinky. You gotta get a slinky, 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 go, slinky, go. What goes downstairs, a loner in pairs, or over your neighbor's dog. It's good, it's good, it's made out of wood. Everyone knows it's log. It's log. Really, oh Ren and Stimpy? Yeah. I got that one. Finally. Play I'll the t- electric fence game. I'll take your word for it. I just know it's fun for a girl or a boy. There you go. Fish heads. Roly-poly fish heads. <laughs> <laughs> Eat them All right, yum. I've got uh, one final news story here. Um, and this actually comes... Um, comes to us, this technological advance comes to us from uh, Britain, the United Kingdom, actually, um, where there is a small town by the name of uh, Chesham. Just, British towns just sound so illustrious with names like Chesham. So Would you like to accompany me to Chesham? It just sounds so cozy and comfy, you doesn't just it? imagine it's like a, like a park. With like a yeah. few houses and like old ladies picking flowers. Yeah, and then you get there and it's just gloomy and rainy. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, um, 
there is a uh, a new initiative that has uh, been underway by Virgin Media, where they have taken the center of town and the nearby 36-acre uh, and I'm going to butcher the name of this, uh, Lowndes, Lowndes, Lones Park, um, basically. And they have now put um, Wi-Fi routers under the sidewalks. Now, trying to blanket a an area of a city uh, or an entire city with Wi-Fi uh, is not a new thing. This has been tried many times before. In fact, New York City has actually tried turning old payphones into Wi-Fi uh, wi hubs recently. So doing that isn't uh, necessarily new, but having them under the street is actually um, quite a new thing. So basically what you're doing is the uh, they're taking these Wi-Fi hubs and putting them under fake sidewalk panels, it, it looked like. And uh, basically you flip up the little the piece of the sidewalk and it's just a fake sidewalk when then bolted to the underneath of it is the Wi-Fi router, which are all connected to a underground fiber optic network, giving um, people who are connected to the network uh, download speeds of upwards of 166 megabytes a second for free for anybody, no matter what network you're on. Um, I, I think this is amazing. There needs to be more of this in the world because the more people have access to Wi-Fi, um, the better the world is really, or not yeah. necessarily Wi-Fi, but the more people have access to the internet at a low cost or free, um, the faster, you know, I think personally, um, discoveries will be made and new things will be invented and, and new programs and, and just everything, you know, will, a lot of things, I should say, innovation will move forward much faster when uh, people have access to the internet for free or at a very low cost anywhere and everywhere they are. So something like this is a good step forward for that. Also, it's great for tourism. And periscoping. And you just be like, hey, look, oh, it, finally stopped, it finally stopped raining for a couple of minutes. Look at look at all this stuff. Look at the okay. nice sky. Okay, it's over. Well, that's the point of live streaming. I hope I don't have to give over my uh, geek card for this, but what the hell is periscoping? Okay, it's, <gasps> it's something... <laughs> It's something I only heard of recently. It's a live streaming service for, uh, you know, if you want to say like I'm going to be, I'm going to be at a little uh, concert at, uh, or not a concert, but if I'm going to be seeing a little performance at a coffee shop or doing a performance at a coffee shop or me doing stand up, you can have someone just use Periscope to live stream it. And I believe it's kept for a day or so so that you don't have to look at it right away. But, uh, it basically temporarily keeps a video so that people can uh, check you out on Twitter and see this in action. And if they catch it live, then you could probably interact with you and be like, play this song. And you could be like, okay, we got a request. And you can play this song. It's like having a concert around the world. But musical. So Ustream. Musical. Uh, Close. I'm not that familiar with streaming. Off you stream. I'm just talking out of my bunghole because I don't know squat about streaming. I avoid it whenever I can because ever since uh, the 90s, I tried to watch like game trailers or or movie trailers, and every time I was streaming, I always got that goddamn buffering showing up. So I would just like if I couldn't download the trailer for me to watch at my leisure, I would just curse the heavens for buffering. And I still get that when I try to watch something on YouTube, and it'll just stop after two minutes, 
And like three minutes later, not a single second plays on, and I'm like, goddamn streaming! Just let me download the video so I can watch it at my leisure. So I think maybe, maybe you need a, uh, a better internet connection there, buddy. It happens when I have my friend's place, on my cell phone, on my damn computer. It's got a landline, and it's it's not like it's not like it's slow. It's just it's not downloading it at all. And I, hmm. my internet is fast, but there are times when I'm just trying to watch a video, and it will just go, nope, you can suck a dick. You're just not getting any video from me. So, and I'm like, this well, I'm is trying, obviously I'm, the crude and lewd show. Uh, I'm, try, uh, I'm trying, ladies to, and gentlemen. I'm trying to watch someone else do that, but you won't upload the damn data. <laughs> All right. So now anyway, that we, we know sucks. what uh, what ticks you off and streaming what periscoping sucks. is, periscope is um, streaming. I don't, you know it, but I heard it's good. So, Chris, what do you think of uh, Wi-Fi underneath the streets? <laughs> it's well, great, it's great for your outdoor porn needs. I've already got that covered. Don't worry. Um, I have something called memory. <laughs> um, well, not much to it, really. It makes sense. I'm a little bit afraid that this is the next step in our evolution towards beneath the planet of the apes. I don't want to empower the, those people any more than they already are. Also, I've got this air of superiority right now because, well... I've got this awesome data plan, whereas, you know, the the poor really have horrible Wi-Fi access, and I don't want to make them think that they're as good as me. Um, otherwise, yeah, it just speaking makes sense. To the, You're literally speaking to the person who has to sit here and look for free Wi-Fi to be able to talk to people during the daylight hours. I've still encountered people. So that, you, you, you caught that subtle hint, huh? Yeah, I've encountered thanks. people right. that are just no like, I can't do this because I don't have uh, any data on my phone. So yeah, I, I can I definitely see some people benefiting from this. Yeah. I, I would personally, I would benefit a lot from this. Yeah, we treat, we treat it like it's a right. Like, like everybody should have data on their phone and you know, some people don't. So for well, all Canada the people that are actually, on a budget, this is good. Canada actually has one of the highest, um, and it might actually be all of North America, but Canada has one of the highest um, per gigabyte um, wireless data plan averages uh, for the entire world, actually. And North America, I know, also has a very high uh, dollar per gigabyte of bandwidth uh, for wired connections for your home as well. We are actually far behind the um, global average price per gigabyte uh, worth of bandwidth, whether it be wireless or wired. Well, uh, hopefully... That's actually sad, really. Hopefully, with a liberal in charge, we can see some changes. If not, oh, yeah. well, if not, well, then I don't know what politics are good for then. Well, More taxes for the 1%, legalized marijuana, and, uh, you know, cheaper wireless data, yeah. right? That's hey, that's what Trudeau was all about, right? He's he's a young guy. He's probably, you know, like, and he's a young, good-looking guy. He's probably sending out dick pics to his campaign supporters. Who knows? Like, I mean, he's a young guy. Whatever he's doing with the Internet, it's probably better than what Harper was doing, where he's just like, oh, are friggin' Muslims still around? Okay, come on. But you know, <laughs> that's as political as I get. I just I just hear other people hate talk, and then I'm like, okay, I'll just file that away. But you know, I'll just I'll just remain neutral. But uh, <laughs> and then Mulcair will just be like, hey, I can write my name with things. So <laughs> so whatever. Trudeau, new guy. Hopefully, this Trudeau will be like, hey, internet, 
how would you like to do something about that? You know, liberals like to spend money from what I've heard, so hopefully he'll be subsidizing internet, maybe? Or, you know, just raping us less for it? I don't know what he can do as prime minister, but, you know... Hopefully it'll. Hopefully he'll do something about it. CRTC or whatever. I think if I think if that was going to happen, wouldn't it be the block? Because the guy that's in charge of the block used to be in charge of uh, Videotron, isn't it? He owned <laughs> Videotron, so. And look how well that worked out. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, Wi-Fi underneath the streets, uh, Wi-Fi everywhere is starting to obviously be quite the thing. I know uh, we talked previously, or I mentioned previously. Uh, about, uh, what was it, why, uh, Google doing balloon Wi-Fi and, you know, there's all sorts of different, um, ways that they're trying to get Wi-Fi to different places around the world now. Uh, face, both Facebook and Google are trying to, uh, blanket the earth with free Wi-Fi and, uh, that's can only be a positive thing. So really, uh, that's a great way to end off the show, I think. Oh, all right. Well, this has been episode three of Geek Fallout. Nailed it. Techno Babble. <laughs> and our guest has been Chris Gaida. Where can we find you? And please tell me you have a Twitter handle called Ninja Gaida. No. Oh, that would be amazing. How didn't you think of that, Chris? Oh, I did, but I, I had to go with my original internet name. Well, sort of my original internet name. And I'm at Elise Ego on Twitter. I always thought it said All Sago or something. <laughs> Ali Sago. And I was no, like, what no. does that even say? All is Sago. And Sega I, can't, is all. I can't pronounce his last name. I can't pronounce his Twitter name. What is wrong with this guy? <laughs> no, this came back from me going on internet forums back in the mid-90s, and I was truly indecisive, and I couldn't think of what to call myself. So I decided to steal from comic books and go with the name Alias, with uh, a colon and then change the last part. That way people would still know who I was, but I could have a different name every day. <laughs> so and at so one point, Alias Gaida? Well, it was Alias something and Alias something else. And then at one point I used Alias Ego, and for some reason that caught on. Oh. And then people started referring to me as either that or Ego, and it just continued on that way. And then I've just used it ever since. It's easier just using it instead of correcting people. Was that alias from the uh, Marvel comic series about Jessica Jones? No, no. Uh, this was an independent book from the 80s oh. that lasted like three issues. Hmm. The, the only thing notable about it was its title and how they would actually change the title each issue. Huh. Well, I thought the only notable thing was that uh, you thought of your alias from them. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's you made you made them thing. famous, right? They made you famous. No, right. you made them. Famous. I think I'm making them famous at this yeah. point. <laughs> Other than that, uh, Chris Guida on Facebook, and I highly highly encourage people to come on, uh, yell at me, berate me, post funny things. I don't care. Um, also, I can be found quite often as a host on both Geek Fallout and Geek Fallout comic book episodes. And dark, dirty corners of the internet everywhere. All right, now our and my co-host is Rich Reader. Nailed it. Yep. yep. All right. Nailed it. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> and Rich, where can we find you? 
Um, well, as always, you can find me at, uh, at Reach613 on Twitter, uh, although I am very rarely there. Uh, I guess if you so choose, you could look me up on Facebook, but I, don't know, I guess it's kind of weird. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not really on the internet all that much. Uh, however, I would like to direct people to um, check out the new episode, or at least uh, almost new episode, of Nerd Lunch. They just uh, had their 200th episode, and it is a roast of the Nerd Lunch hosts. Uh, it's actually quite funny. Uh, a lot of production went into that, that's for sure. They got a lot of people, a lot of guests on there. Uh, it's uh, definitely one to listen to. So if you're a fan of the Nerd Lunch uh, blog or podcast, check them out and uh, search for them on iTunes. And uh, don't forget to give us a rating or a review if people still do that. Okay, and I am Mike King in Ottawa, if you want to add me on Facebook. Don't go for the Mike King in Australia. He is a pretender to the throne. I don't know him, but... That guy's a jerk, man. He stole my name. Oh, last him. couple of weeks I've been talking to him a lot. He's quite friendly. <laughs> Fucking traitor. Okay. We've got him on next week, actually. He's taking over, Mike. Sorry to tell you. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, I can talk with a Kiwi accent. Come on, let me on. Let me start. Each episode, one Mike, one Chris. We know it. <laughs> there was two, always two there are. A Mike and a Chris. <laughs> okay, and uh, if you want to catch me for the uh, one more article for the Too Late News Network, I will be performing tomorrow at Yuck Yucks. That'll be October 21st or five days before you heard this show. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on Twitter at King Mr. Stress, and uh, I don't really add much to it because nobody's following me. But if that changes, I guess I'll have to actually start, you know, producing content for people. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to uh, get other shows going, but I don't have anything to plug at the moment. So I think that's everything. Uh, Rich, can you sign us out? Do we have a catchphrase? Uh, no. All right, everybody, goodbye. <laughs>